modern mom problems aren't just about newborn issues or toddler issues or even elementary school issues. It really does run the gamut. And so now that I am, I like to call myself a veteran mom because I've been a mom for 11 years now. I've been past that. I've seen that. The only thing that we haven't really done yet now is middle school and in high school, right? And so you could help and you could help inform me on that one. (laughs) Anything you need. But I think it's so important to support people in all of the different stages and seasons of motherhood. Hi, and welcome to Beyond Empty Nest. I'm your host, Jody Silverman, speaker, mentor, and chief dare officer at Moms Who Dare. Every Thursday, I'll share stories of midlife transformation, happiness tips, and dare you to see the opportunities waiting for you so that you can make this next chapter even better than the last. If you're ready to dare, I'm ready to dare with you. Let's get into today's episode. Modern Mom Probs. When I hear that title, I'm like, who doesn't have modern mom problems today in today's world? And who better to speak to it than the actual host of the podcast called Modern Mom Probs, Tara Clark. Tara is an author, a speaker, a content creator, podcaster, and the founder of Modern Mom Probs. After becoming a mom and recognizing a hole in the online space for moms to authentically connect, she launched her Instagram account in 2017. She has since built a valued community, solidifying herself as a humorous, trusted voice in the parenting space. And just last year, Tara launched the podcast, Modern Mom Probs, where she seeks to find solutions to modern mom problems by interviewing medical experts, therapists, popular content creators, and authors, including New York Times bestselling authors, Dr. And now I want to say this right. What's it? How do you pronounce Shif- Shifali? Dr. Shafali? Shafali and Eve Rodsky. Tara, I'm so excited you're here on Beyond MDNS. Thank you for saying yes. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Tara and I, so fun fact, we recently just met in person at the Mom 2.0 Summit, big conference for uh, moms, media marketers in that parenting space. And I don't think there's a, there can't be enough of us in this space supporting moms. And I know that you're a believer in that. And, and everything in the show notes and even where to, to tune in to Tara's podcast is below in the show notes. I highly recommend listening. She has interviewed amazing, amazing people in this parenting space. And now you're here today and uh, we're going to talk about big, a big issue. And But before we get into the, the topic that we're going to talk to. Is there anything else you want to share about your mom's story, a mom's story, your background on how you got here? Yeah, sure, sure. So a uh, quick thing. So I am the mother to a nearly 11-year-old boy. Uh, I live just outside of New York City and New Jersey. I got my start in social media when I was working at Nickelodeon. This was actually before my son was born. So this is a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, it was actually pre-Instagram. We were just doing Facebook and Twitter and uh, I was actually Dora the Explorer on on Facebook. <laughs> and my mom used to run around and tell people like, my daughter's daughter, the Explorer. I was like, on Facebook, mommy, on Facebook. And so then when my son was born, I actually stopped working at Nickelodeon, stayed home with him full time. And when he was about three, I got the idea of starting an Instagram account about parenting. And I have to tell you, 
at that time, I told my friends and family, this is something that I want to do. And at that time, no one really was doing that. So they were like, what? You want to do what? I don't understand. I'm like, no, no, no. It's going to be a thing. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. So I started the initial account in 2016 under the name NYC Mom Probs. And I was talking about things sort of like inherent to living in New York City. Then we moved out of the city into New Jersey. So in 2017, I switched the name to Modern Mom Probs. And then the account just took off from there. And so the the community grew and we've been able to talk about all, all kinds of different topics. And when I first got my start, I was talking about more sort of tongue-in-cheek first world problems of Modern Mom Problems. But then as the account grew and the audience grew, the topics evolved to more serious things. And so now I talk about everything from, like I said, first world problems to maternal mental health, pregnancy loss, infertility, loneliness. I mean, really anything that falls underneath the umbrella of modern mom problems, we're going to talk about. Well, you have a big umbrella there. A really That's a lot umbrella. of stuff. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. But you were ahead of the curve. I mean, fun fact, you know, my kids are 24, 25, and 28. There wasn't even, Facebook was just starting when my oldest one was in high school. And it wasn't even a thing. It was that MySpace thing. Remember mm -hmm. MySpace? I do so, remember MySpace. Yeah. Yeah. You were ahead of it with the Instagram. So, and I, and I love it. And I love your community. I love what you do. I like, I'm all about the mom. I, I, I think there's nothing, nothing, there's no other life transition that can take a confident decision making woman and just knock her down than that of becoming <laughs> yes. a mom. Yeah. <laughs> We talk about knocking us down a few pegs. That, that yeah. is a thousand percent true. Actually, just yesterday I was chatting with someone and by the end of the conversation, we were saying how many times we think that becoming a mother was the end goal or is the end goal. You're like, oh, I just want to be a mom. For me, I was like, I just want to be a mom so yeah. bad. You know, I had lot, three miscarriages and then unexplained infertility. So my path to motherhood was a challenging one. So for me, I was like, oh, that's the end goal. I just want to be a mother. But really what you realize is that's just the jumping off point. That's just the starting point for a whole new phase of your life that's going to continue literally for the rest of your life. Oh, I should have worn a different t-shirt. I have a t-shirt. We actually sell it in our shop. It says motherhood, a life sentence with a big heart. <laughs> I, I, so See, I like the perfect. humor. I like the humor part of it. I wear whenever I travel, Tara. I forget I have it on. I'm in an airport. I see moms. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see me. I'm nodding right now. But I'll walk through an airport. I'll look at somebody and the mom's looking at me and she's nodding. And I'm thinking, why is she nodding at me? And my husband will say, your shirt. I'm like, oh. <laughs> All right. So it is. It's a life sense, one that none of us would ever walk away from. But it is a life sense. My kids know that. I say it to them all the time. Look, you have to have a sense of humor about it because motherhood is full of challenges. And and what one of the challenges that um, our audience has, Tara, is our kids are older, they're getting ready to leave or they've already left. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, ra we range from the high school age kids to just going off to college to those like mine that are literally bringing a significant other and creating a whole life outside of me, like without me. And we feel isolated from them. We feel alone. We feel, we feel disconnected not only to our children, and yet the part that we don't, that you and I were talking about before I hit record that we don't talk about is that feeling of disconnect within our own community. Like where did mm -hmm. our village go? Because, and you mentioned it, that as our kids get older, our village can get smaller mm -hmm. and it happens for a while. So I would love to talk into that a little bit. So those moms that are feeling like, you know, I'm not standing on that soccer field anymore with all those other soccer moms. I'm not sitting in the, you know, play practice. 
you know, how, how mm -hmm. can we support ourselves? How can we support our audience to support themselves in not feeling as isolated as they might feel or alone? Because it's a big deal today, loneliness. It really is. I feel like there's sort of a bell-shaped curve yeah. of loneliness. Now, follow me on this one. So when our babies are first born and we are new mothers, it can be very isolating being home with newborns and infants, 100%. right? Your your partner, if you have one, may be at work. And I'm using this as a sort of a stereotypical oh, thing, yes. here, but he, <clears throat> they may be at work. You're home with the baby. When they come home, you're so excited to see them. And you're like word vomit all over the place. Like, and then today I did this and then this. And you're so excited to see another human being. And so unless you're very intentional of trying to get out of the house, and even if it's, I don't know, going to Costco or going to the park, going to the playground to try to have some other human connection, that happens a lot in the very, very early stages of motherhood. And then going up on the bell-shaped curve, then your children start to go to nursery school, they go to elementary school, they're in middle school. That's when, like you said, they're doing soccer practice. There's the plays. There's even before that, the mommy groups. And yeah. so you're really starting to come into this very social time of motherhood. And I know that when my son started elementary school, it was like an explosion for me. I was like, look at all these friends I have, all these mom friends. And yeah. I was very lucky because when my son started kindergarten, the group of moms in that class were so welcoming and excited to all be together that that still remains probably one of my core group of friends, uh, even all these years later. So then now coming down from that bell curve is when our children start to finish up school, or maybe they're not doing as many activities as they had done previously. And so things start to get lonely again. Yeah. And I've been experiencing that myself. My son just finished up elementary school and is about to start middle school. And the phone is ringing a little bit less than maybe yeah. it did before. And I think we have to make more of an effort, just like we did when our children were babies, yes. to make more of an effort to reach out to people and to try to get involved in communities like yours, to be able to talk to parents that are going through a similar thing. On Friday evening, I just hosted an event with a woman whose children are older as well. So, I mean, there were many people there, but I was chatting with this one woman in particular. And she was saying how isolating it is. And so when when you mentioned that, and I thought about my conversation with her. I was like, yep, light bulb went off. And then coincidentally, this woman ended up finding three other moms of older children as well. And so they all sort of like hung out and they were they were all chatting together. And it thrilled me because when I host a party, whether it's professionally or personally, I always like to put people together that I think would get along or like you are both content yes. creators. Chat about this. Oh, both of you like this kind of stuff. Talk about this. And so I'm sort of like a matchmaker at my parties. And this woman happened to find these these other women on her own. And I was so, so thrilled because otherwise I would have put them together. But they were talking about being parents of older children. And I gave them some uh, podcasts to listen to, like yours. I gave them some Instagram accounts to, to follow yeah. because they are not seeing enough of that on social because, you know, it, it tends to be geared towards younger kids. And I understand that even for my own platform, Jody, because modern mom problems aren't just about newborn issues or toddler no. issues or even elementary school issues. Yeah. It really does run the gamut. And so now that I am, I like to call myself a veteran mom because I've been a mom for 11 years now. I've been past that. I've seen that. The only thing that we haven't really done yet now is middle school and in high school, right? And so you could help and you could help inform me on that one. 
<laughs> anything you need. But I think it's so important to support people in all of the different stages and seasons of motherhood. Yeah, no, and I agree. It's it's like I as you were talking in the bell shape curve. That's a really good visual. That was really good. I I just imagine also shrinking. So you know, for me, it was a little bit different that happened later because we didn't have the the cell phones. We didn't have the just you know the moms for a while still had a call to make the plan. But but it is true though when when they start to enter middle school, the kids they start to make their own plan. You're not talking to their moms, their their mom, the other children's moms or dads, mm -hmm. as much so it is shrinking. And I also failed through my own journey. And it's interesting you said your oldest. My, I have friends, the majority of my friends were made from my oldest child in the preschool. And they're still my clothes. I have some really good friends that I made from my younger, my son, who's 25 now, but the majority of them, if I say, how did we meet? We all met in preschool in the mommy and me class. Um, it's when they get to high school that I find the biggest, um, it starts to really shrink. And mm -hmm. I, and I say that because, you know, we're all, we're going in different, we're growing, we're changing too as moms and the way we parent, I think really the difference in parenting style really does show itself towards the end of middle school and into high school. And that can cause you to go in different directions, outgrow each other, you know, not for me anymore. In addition mm -hmm. to our kids, not removing us from the equation with the other parents. So I, I, you know, it's important. And that's why I started Moms Who Dare, the community, to give moms who are experiencing this disconnect from other moms a community to find other moms who understood what they were going through. Because I said this to you too, Tara, and I'll say this to everybody listening. Empty nest is the first time in a mom's life where her children are not the conduits to her meeting other moms. Mm -hmm. You're just not, you're pretty much set. So what happens is when they, when they do start to grow up and they do start to push away, which they should do and leave, you're left there wondering, like, I don't have this community where you feel isolated and alone. So finding communities like your, your community, my community is, is helpful. Any, any tips on, you know, how to, you know, it's like, we're going back to middle school in our own mind. We have to make friends again. And we're scared. Are people going to like me, you know, how to yeah. find them? Yeah. I really recommend a game night. And I'll, let me, let me walk you through this one. So that group of moms from kindergarten that I said is sort of my core group the way that we were able to maintain this core group of friends is having a monthly game night. And we each hosted at each other's houses. Um, during the pandemic, obviously, we took, I don't know, a year or two off from doing it. Actually, no, then we were doing it virtually. Yeah. Um, so, so we kept that going for a while. And that is how we've maintained that core group of friends. And I actually... I'm seeing everybody on Saturday, which is so nice because we haven't seen anybody in a long time. One of my friends moved back to Israel, but she's back now. And so it's nice to, to get together again. So game night would be my other thing. And then going back to my conversation about my Friday night event, when I was chatting with those moms, coincidentally, they happened to know somebody in my town who teaches Mahjong. And they were like, oh, we were taught Mahjong and this and that. And it's so much fun. And so then they found out that there's this other event that my town hosts. It's a game that no one's ever heard of. It's called Military Bridge. It sounds made up because you can't find anything about it online except for like one PDF. But it's huge in my town and actually like attract 
game players from all over. And these moms happen to be the moms of the high school kids and the college kids. And so my advice there is start a game night, whether it's Mahjong or Military Bridge or anything. Canasta, Canasta. I think it's so important. And people like joke about like, oh, game nights. No, do it. Because that's the best way to consistently maintain a group of friends. And I love that. I love that, especially if there's somebody new you want to invite and they might be a little bit shy or more introverted. When you have a game night, it's not about, I know from the fact that I have a couple of friends that are very introverted and their biggest fear about going places is I'll have to figure out, oh my God, what am I going to talk about? I'm going to have to start a conversation. I'm going to have to be interesting. We put all this mm-hmm. pressure on ourselves, but the game that you're showing up, when you're playing a game, you're just, you just, you, you drop out of your head kind of, and you're, yes. in, and you're just in the moment and conversation just starts. Yeah. So many of my friends are playing Canasta. So many of my friends and, and my mom, even during the pandemic played online and, you know, she, you know, she couldn't sleep at two in the morning. She logged on and she was me. She funny, funny story is she logged on at like two, three in the morning once. And they were all like dropping like where they're from. And this woman was on there from my neighborhood, two miles away from my mom. Oh, I know your daughter. Our kids were in high school together. And so I love that's, the game night. I love oh, it. I love it. And fun. Game nights are, are great. They're really special. So I, I think it's funny that that's what's kept my group of friends together. And then that's what was yeah. going on with the other group of moms. And so I, I think game night is key to maintaining right. uh, relationships and community. I love it. Now, if you're really super daring, I want to show you, you triggered a memory in my mind that I'm going to share something I did as an adult. So I have, I, I am very fortunate. I had a very big role model, my mom, she's still around, that she really showed me how to have friends in all different areas of my life. My mom is just that she was an only child, so her friends. And um, so I have different groups of friends. And I found myself not really connecting with any one group and the one main group where our kids did go to preschool. I like, I like the women very much and I still see them, but I wasn't Saturday night with them. I wasn't going out. And, and then I have another friend over here from my son, one of my dearest, closest friends. And I hung out with her one night with like these three other women and I knew who they were, mm-hmm. but I never hung out and I loved them. And I'm like, yeah, that could be a Saturday night thing. And I called my friend Beth up and she's going to listen to this. And I said, the next time you go out with X, Y, and Z, can, can you invite me? Can I join you? Like, like I felt like a little, little girl again, but I knew she's my best friend. What's she going to say? No. She said, of course. And now we get together like for girls night out. And I still have this other group, some people in that other group, but this is the group that I wanted to get to know better. I wanted to expand I wanted to, to unshrink what was shrinking. And I just, so if you have a bestie and that bestie has friends, I'm all about merging friends. Some people don't like to. When I just said to her, do you think I could join you the next time you all get together? She was like, oh my God, absolutely. She thought I was all busy all the time. So if you are a little bit daring, a little bit more, you know, like more like a double dare, ask somebody that you know and you feel comfortable with, you know, could I join you the next time you go? Or you know somebody that has a game that it can ask the game. I'd love to learn. Can I come and watch and maybe learn? So I love the game night. It's great. I mean, because you have book clubs. Yeah. I mean, the same group. They've been doing a book club for over 30 years together. Wow. That's mm-hmm. impressive. It's very impressive. She's, she's like, you've never joined. They're like, yeah, no, I don't want to be forced to read a book. That's my thing. Well, that's the thing. 
that's a bigger time commitment than just those showing up to yeah. play Canasta one night, yeah. you know, to read the book and then to sit down and talk about it. It's bigger well, time I, commitment. I, I love that. I, I love, I, I, we're going to, we're going to leave it. That is a huge one. And, and actually, you know, we always, I always say that you can't, you can't get out of here tower without giving a dare. I mean, I think yes. you just did. I think you just did. So that's um, actually what I was thinking. I dare you to start a game night and invite your friends and then invite your friends' friends too. Yeah. And not only, and I know we're talking about, you know, girlfriend, mom friends. Mm-hmm. You can do that as couples too. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Couples are looking for a way to reconnect with other couples yeah. as their kids leaving. Maybe you didn't go out a lot because you were a parent who stayed home all the time with your kids, did with your kids. That's a whole nother topic that I'm going to give you a should on. A should yeah. and a should not do. So as couples, grab couples and do some game nights. I, I, my stepfather loves Canasta. So he plays with my mom and their friends. He fills in for the women. And like, <laughs> he'll sit around a table with all the women and play. So your dare from Tyra is to start a game night or invite yourself to join yeah. in if you know somebody is doing it. Yes, I that is it. And I think it's important going back to the concept of, of bringing couples. So many times the fathers are isolated too. Yes. Dads don't tend to make dad friends as often and as frequently as the moms do. And so many times like the moms will go out and be like, okay, I'm going to go play canasta with my friends. And then the dads are hanging out home, I don't know, watching TV. And so I think it's important to bring everyone along. So I love the idea of having couples night as well. And and I want to know from you, I want to know from everybody, like what is the game? If you're going to have a game, like what is your go-to game? Like for me, I would do Rummy Cup. Rummy Cup is my, it was our, our at the beach game as families. And like, that would be, I mean, the first game I would do is like, you're coming over, we're going to play Rummy Cup. So I, so your dare is to start a game night or find a game night and invite yourself. Yes. And then you're, you're going to leave us a review and tell us what game is your go-to game and what you're going to do, what you're going to play. Yeah. I Actually, love that. I love that. I can tell you that with the girls that we meet, each month, the ones from kindergarten, we play a game called Pokino. And Pokino, it's, yeah, P-O, I don't know, K-E-N-O. And it's more or or less bingo, but with playing cards. So one person is the dealer and they flip over playing cards and you have a giant card in front of you, eight and a half by 11 card that has photos of uh, different playing cards. So you're trying to match you know what the dealer just called so but ace of spades you have to check and see if you have ace of spades if you do then you put a little bingo marker on it and the rules are just like bingo so it's across down diagonal it's super easy to play anyone could pick that up i think it comes as like a, a set pokino set and, and that's and, unlimited you can have a lot of people on a game night for that yes yes yeah i mean as long as you have enough bingo cards for it then then you can and so we play for gifts, actually. That's how we do. Everyone brings a basket of different things. Sometimes it's hand lotion, candles, cooking stuff. I mean, really anything. And so when you win, you receive a basket. And then in round two, we can steal from each other. Ah, so then, yes, it's fun. And then you could only steal one particular item up to three times. After three times, you can't steal anymore. And yeah, usually everyone goes home with something. Not always. Sometimes people will go home with like five things and someone else won't get any. But that's just the luck of the draw. And we always remind each other that there's no hard feelings. Sometimes (laughs) like there'll be like a gift that everyone wants. My one girlfriend, she works for a watch company. So she always gives watches and everyone always wants the watch, obviously. And um, sometimes like there'll be like coach items. I don't know. Like people get crazy. 
but it's a lot of fun. So we play Pokino for I prisoners. I love that. I love how you give gifts. Oh my God, I'm so happy you explained how you play. This is great. All right, so that's yeah. your day. That's why we keep it going because like who doesn't want to get presents or at least yeah. enter to for the chance of getting presents? Absolutely. Okay, this is good stuff. I might even, I mean, after this, I might even have you email me exactly how you play and we'll yeah. publish the, like, here's an idea. If you don't, if you don't want to come up with it yourself, you're not that person that will here, you know, it's Steel Tara's Game Night Pokino. I love that. I've never heard of that. Awesome. It's so much fun. It really is. We've been playing it now for five years. Oh, I love so it. So on a monthly basis. So and everybody loves a gift. Everybody does. So Tara, thank you. Thank you for everyone. Your dare is a game night. And everybody, listen, you, you know, you hear me say this at the end of every podcast. Our goal with this podcast is for you to get something, a tip, a strategy that, <gasps> aha moment like oh that's what it is from every episode because i know that my life has changed because one speaker said one thing one day when i was open to hearing it so what was it for you during this conversation let us know please listen. your reviews mean so much to us i always share it with my guests so if you write something that you had an aha from tara i'm going to send it to her it helps us reach more moms, because that's our mission, is to just reach as many moms as possible and support them everywhere so that we can all feel less alone and more connected and more empowered during this emptiness midlife chapter. So dare to listen, dare to share, and dare to review. And as I always say, dare on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Emptiness. Head over to jodysilverman.com for full show notes, more information, and additional resources. Speaking of additional resources, I've got a great one for you in the show notes below. So if you've enjoyed today's show and are ready to embrace this midlife chapter, then you're going to want to grab our featured resource called the Self-Talk Cleanup Challenge. You may not think so, but to quote our friend Oprah, the one thing I know for sure is that negative self-talk and thoughts are what's keeping you stuck in fear and lacking confidence to take the leaps in midlife that you desire to take. When you grab this resource, you'll receive the exact exercise my first coach took me through. It's simple, yet powerful. In addition, I'll send you a few other tools and tricks to help you knock out the negativity when it shows up, thereby increasing your confidence and your overall happiness, allowing you to have fulfillment and fun in midlife. You deserve it. So go ahead and grab your copy of the Self-Talk Cleanup Challenge, and I'll see you next Thursday. Until then, they're on.